If you want to invent a device that would rewire our minds, if you wanted to create a society of people who were perpetually distracted, isolated, and overtired, if you wanted to weaken our memories and damage our capacity for focus and deep thought, if you wanted to reduce empathy, encourage self-absorption, and redraw the lines of social etiquette, you'd likely end up with a smartphone. Hi and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. This month we are on a mission to break up with our phones by doing a digital detox. This week we are getting ready for a 24-hour trial separation from our phones. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada and with me is my much more disciplined friend Jenny. This digital detox is certainly challenging that discipline, Peggy. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'll be playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. Our monthly challenge for December is focused on examining our relationships with technology, and in particular, our modern-day love affair with our phones. The challenge we have given ourselves and you is to take charge of our relationship with technology, and specifically that with our mobile phones. To help us focus on this, we are reading the book, How to Break Up with Your Phone by Katherine Price. This amazing book is divided into three parts, the wake up, the breakup, and the makeup. In the wake up part of the book, she offers enough information about what your phone is doing to your brain, your focus, your attention span, your sleep, and your relationships to terrify you enough to want to make a change. So speaking of that, uh, can we talk for a minute about the fact that your phone is changing your brain? The structure of our hearts and livers doesn't substantially change once, once those organs are formed. And until surprisingly recently, scientists believed that the physical structure of our brains was similarly fixed. Then came the realization that our brains are constantly changing, and even more shockingly, that we have some control over the process. As of 2017, Americans were spending an average of four hours per day on their phones. If you spend four hours per day doing anything, you're going to get pretty good at it. Think about playing the piano for four hours a day or learning how to speak another language for four hours a day. Our brains respond powerfully to repetition and practice. So what is all this time on our phone training us to develop and at what cost? Most of the hours we spend on our smartphones are not spent in concentrated thought. Instead, we are picking up our phones for a few minutes or seconds at a time. Even when we're on them for longer stretches, we're not engrossed in one activity. We're scrolling and swiping between screens. Even when we do stay within one app, like say a news app or social media, we're usually still not focusing on anything for more than a few moments. Every tweet, message, profile, and post pulls our brain in a different direction. But that's not to say that we only casually focus on our attention on our phones. On the contrary, they completely absorb us. The result is what seems like should be an oxymoron, an intensely focused state of distraction. As it turns out, this type of frequent focused distraction isn't just capable of creating long-lasting changes in our brains, it is particularly good at doing so. In his 2010 book, The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains, journalist Nicholas Carr wrote that, 
If you were to set out to invent a medium that would rewire our mental circuits as quickly and thoroughly as possible, you would probably end up designing something that looks and works a lot like the internet. Catherine Price, the author of our book that we're following this month, she argues further that today, if you want to invent a device that would rewire our minds, if you wanted to create a society of people who were perpetually distracted, isolated and overtired, if you wanted to weaken our memories and damage our capacity for focus and deep thought, if you wanted to reduce empathy, encourage self-absorption and redraw the lines of social etiquette, you'd likely end up with a smartphone. That's scary. Oh, In the break. It, makes, it makes me feel like ugh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is something that will become so much more prevalent in coming years. We'll be looking back on these days and wondering how we didn't see this coming. Um, in the breakout part of the book, the author, Catherine Price, lays out a plan and the following items were included for week two. So this was last week. Day eight, say no to notifications. Day nine, the life-changing magic of tidying apps. Such a clever title. You got it. Day 10, change where you charge it. Day 11, set yourself up for success. Day 12, download an app blocker. Day 13, set boundaries. And day 14 was stop fubbing. So based on that second week, how did things go for you, Jenny? Um, I think it went pretty well. I felt like it went pretty well. Uh, I didn't follow the app tidying instructions to the letter of the way she described it. She had such a great plan for that. Um, but I did do a very ruthless cull of my phone and deleted everything that I don't regularly use or need certainly took everything off. The Instagram app was already gone. Uh, so in terms of social media, I do still have LinkedIn and Twitter, but my excuse of why this is okay is that I use those for work. I manage our online profiles for the company that I work for and it is a work phone. So I did keep those because I do need to post on social media on behalf of work. And I have been making more of an effort to do that on the desktop when I'm at work rather than from my phone. Um, but that's been going pretty well, actually. And I continued to only charge my phone at the front door. I kept my charger right there and that's been working pretty well. And I did, I did have one night where I slept with my phone beside me. And that was because I hadn't meditated. So I was using my phone to meditate. Um, but yeah, and I made a really conscious effort not to quote unquote fub people, which was the phone snub, um, where you're talking to someone and you look at your phone instead of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really felt horrible the few times that I felt myself doing it. I'm certainly much more aware of it. I wouldn't say it was something I did a ton, but I definitely did it like to, you know, if I was at work and I'm checking my phone to see what time it was, or if I got a message, um, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm more conscious of it. How did it go for you? Um, well, I would say that there was a, a big change once I got rid of the social media apps. So yeah. my screen time is down another 23% from last week. Awesome. And so my weekly total was down to 19 hours and 18 minutes. So it's still not where I want it to be, but every okay. week is a bit of an improvement, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I only had the phone in my room one night and that was nice. just same kind of thing where oh, I didn't have a good of excuse as you. I just wanted it as a soother. So that was the only reason Fair. it was there. But mm. other than that, it's been in the kitchen. And as a result, I've been reading more book books. So that's a win. 
Very cool. Um, and getting rid of the notifications, which is one of the things that was part of last week's homework, was a huge key for me because I used to always see it come up and I didn't really realize how distracted I was when, you know, an Instagram or a Facebook or a Twitter notification would come up or even something from the NFL app or from Headspace, like these notifications come up yep. and just distract me. So now because my phone never makes any noise and there's no notifications, there was times when I just completely forgot about my phone this week. Cool. It was, it was neat. I actually mix, missed a couple of texts because I wasn't even paying attention to the phone. That definitely happened to me. <laughs> so uh, that was cool. So the one place I still want to use the phone is when I have downtime or when I'm a bit bored. Mm -hmm. um, and then during those times, I still went for Instagram because I still have it on there. I didn't do the... She she had, as you said, that um, really intense, life-changing uh, magic of tidying apps where she tells you to put those apps in a folder on the third page. And I haven't done that yet. So I've been resisting. But Wait. Uh, do but you still have the Instagram app? Yeah. So last week I, I was talking about the fact that I kept it because I'm still, yeah. the only way I can use Instagram and actually post is by keeping it on the phone because you can't post oh, through the, yeah. So of course it's a weakness. So I still have to do some yeah. work on doing, hiding that or you know, yeah. putting in a folder. Putting um, up that little bump. That's right. Putting in the speed bump. And mm -hmm. I do want to say this, which is cool. Uh, our online pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin, who we talk about well, at least I do talk about at nauseum. She <laughs> yes. says all the time that you need to identify the problem. And we mentioned, or maybe I mentioned that one of the things I do on my phone often at work, because I have a patient about every 15 minutes. So I constantly am checking the time to make sure that I'm on time. So I'm constantly touching my phone to see what time it is. And I went and just bought like a $10 wall clock. And today we were in St. Thomas and John put it on the wall for me in my office. So I nice. identified the problem and now I have a clock. So I won't need to touch my phone when I'm at work because I'll know what time it is. That's great. So that was a win. And then I also wanted to pass on a little suggestion that I heard. And this was again on our online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin's podcast. So I feel like this could be something that I could incorporate to make better use of my downtime. One of her listeners said that he replaced the spot on his phone, like the app spot, where he had his social media apps with the Kindle app. So every Ooh. time he was going to go and have mindless scroll in social media, instead, he would open up Kindle and read a book. That's smart. So there was that. And then he also had a, a tendency to play a game all, all the time, sort of like his soother, like bored, I'm in line, whatever, play a game. So he deleted the yeah. game and he put in the Duolingo app, which allows you to learn a new language. And so anytime he wanted to just play a little game, he would go on to Duolingo and learn some Spanish. So That's I was great. like, I maybe need to do this. That's a great idea. I love that app. I had that one for a while. A bunch of us at work were um, trying to learn Spanish and it is a really fun app. And I was doing the French one as well. Yeah. It's great. It's a really cool way to learn language. Okay. Well, maybe I will uh, incorporate this and have less social media scroll. Yes, do. So the challenge for next week, which is week three of the plan, this week is about reclaiming your brain. Spending hours on our phones has negative effects on our attention spans, memories, creativity, stress levels, and just general experience of life. So now we're going to work on undoing some of those effects. A lot of this week is inspired by mindfulness. So it'll be a bit of a throwback to our August challenge about mindfulness, which you can check out by listening to episodes six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. 
So day 15, which is the first day of this week, is stop, breathe, and be. You can use this to remind yourself to pause before reaching for your phone or to ground yourself anytime you're feeling anxious or agitated in general. It is just what it sounds like. Stop what you're doing, take a slow, deep breath, and tune into the details of what you're experiencing in that moment. This exercise will create another speed bump between your impulses to check your phone and actually doing it. It will allow you to reorient yourself so that you can decide if you really do want to check the phone or if you want to do something else. Day 16, practice pausing. We are going to practice being still. Instead of automatically checking your phone in a down moment, Just be still and see what comes up. Stillness allows for your mind to have the space it needs to be creative and come up with new ideas. So identify a couple of situations where you'd usually reach for your phone to kill a bit of time. For example, standing in line, waiting in the waiting room at an appointment, taking the elevator, etc. Then just notice what's around you or stare at the ceiling or look out the window. Just be still. Day 17, exercise your attention span. Now that you've been practicing stillness, the next step is to work on re-strengthening your muscles of attention and rebuilding your ability to ignore distractions. Like any skill, the more you practice sustaining attention, the better you'll get at it. Some examples of how to do this. Work on strengthening a mental skill like multiplying two-digit numbers in your head. Or focus for a period of time, like a car ride or a walk, on one particular problem in your work or your personal life. You will build capacity for focus by focusing. You can also read a book, book, and this is exactly the type of mental exercise that strengthens our attention spans and encourages deep and creative thought. Over time, regular reading causes physical changes to the brain in areas responsible for reasoning, processing visual signals, and even memory. Wow. Uh, Day 18 is meditate. We've discussed the benefits of meditation in length in the month of August when we did our meditation and mindfulness challenge. And if you are interested in doing a bit more of a deep dive on that topic, uh, I would go back and listen to episodes six through 10. Paying attention isn't just about choosing what to focus on. It's also about ignoring everything else. And that part takes work. The better we are at ignoring, the better we are at paying attention. And it turns out that being able to ignore distractions is good for our working and long-term memories too. Mindfulness meditation will help this. We recommend the app Headspace or Calm, which will give you guided meditations and at least the first 10 or so are free. Day 19, prepare for your trial separation. Identify what you're taking a break from. Your phone, for sure, but maybe choose to take a break from any internet-enabled devices with screens, including tablets, smartwatches, laptops, and desktop computers. Voice-activated devices like Alexa or Google are your call. TV and movies, too. Although Catherine Price, the author of our book that we're reading, she recommends avoiding screens entirely. So this experiment is supposed to be dramatic. So if you really want to go for it, 24 hours with no screens whatsoever. Wow. So number two is tell people what you're doing. Inform your parents, your friends, your roommates, bosses, or anyone else who's likely to contact you for the next 24 hours. Um, And this will help you to prepare for that separation. But the other thing it'll do is hold you accountable because people will ask you about it later. And uh, in terms of other people, get others on board. So ideally, everyone in your household should participate. Um, And you could also recruit a friend to do this with you as well. 
And then you want to make some plans. So schedule some enjoyable things that you can do and people you can spend time with during the break. So back on day six of this challenge, we had you make a list of some of the things that you wanted to do to reclaim some of that time. So go back and look at your list and see what the things are that you want to do and then make some plans. Use hard copy instructions. So if you're driving somewhere new, print or write down the instructions ahead of time. Or you can always ask for directions, real old school. Get a pad of paper or a notebook. Use it to make a list of things that you want to do or look up on your phone when the trial separation is over. You might find by the time you turn your phone back on, you'll no longer care. I know that's going to happen to me. Set an automated phone greeting. If you feel like you need to, change your outgoing voicemail to explain what it is you're doing. Use call forwarding. If you have a landline, you can forward calls from your cell phone to it. You can also call whoever you want from a landline. So if you think you want to, make sure you write down their numbers before the separation. Set an out-of-office response to email. Set up an email vacation reply that explains what it is you're doing. Set up an automated text message response. Anytime someone texts you, they'll receive an automatic response that says you're not checking your text. Optional, you could let them know another way to reach you. Starting with iOS 11, Apple offers a do not disturb while driving option that you can use to automatically respond to text messages. At the moment, the best option for Android users is to download a third party app like Offtime. This is really cool for the trial separation, but it's also really cool. cool. You could set this up at a certain time of day if you don't want to be uh, disturbed and just say, I'll get back to you after 1 p.m. today or whatever it might be. Setting up an automated text message response is cool. Like I didn't even really know that was possible. It's cool. It is very cool. All right. Day 20 and 21. This is your trial separation. Now we're getting serious. (laughs) So you can do your trial separation during any 24-hour period and preferably on a weekend just because then you don't have work um, responsibilities where you'll have to use the phone or be on screens. So make sure you've done whatever it is that you need to do to prepare. Then here's what you do. You turn your phone off and you just don't look at it. You can also turn off any other devices that you've decided to take a break from and then hide those devices, including your phone, somewhere out of sight. Uh, you can do a short ritual to mark the transition. So Catherine Price, she does um, a break from her phone, I think monthly, and with her family at dinner on Friday night, she and her family light a candle, they hold hands, take a couple of deep breaths, then they eat, and then their phones go away for at least 24 hours. Mm. So that's kind of fun. That is so cool. And it makes me nervous. Like, I'm not going to lie, Peg. I thought about it when I was thinking. I, I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I will just put it somewhere and tell Jeff that I can't look at it, but leave it on so that if there's anything I need to know about, he can tell me. And then I realized like, no, this is defeating the point. (laughs) Uh, So what to expect? You might just be fine, not miss your phone at all, but you also might be surprised at how difficult and uncomfortable it is. In addition to their many practical purposes, our phones may also be distracting us from our emotions. Don't be surprised if you feel irritable, impatient, or just off. You're detoxing. You can choose to sit with the discomfort, or you can jump into one of your pre-planned activities, such as reading books, play a musical instrument, exercise, walk, stretch, 
play a game or a sport, do a puzzle, do some drawing or painting, work on a project that is needed to get done around the house, but has been put on the back burner for a while. Do something fun with real people. Talk to strangers. I do this a lot. I do too, actually. (laughs) The author calls this a fleeting relationship, a brief interaction that creates a sense of connection. Talk to a waiter or a cashier, someone sitting near you in a bar or on a plane. Instead of looking down at your phone, you can connect with another human. Notice how it makes you feel. And I gotta say, in general... I'm feeling a little bit nervous about this peg. I don't know how you feel about it, but I know for me, it's going to bring up some really interesting feelings and discomfort. And I know I'm using the fact that it's a work phone as, as a real crutch of like, well, I don't know if I can really do that. Yeah. I feel the same. When I was trying to plan ahead to when I would do it, I was like, well, it can't be that day because of this. And it can't be this day because of that. But really if I had to go 24 hours without the phone, I'll be just fine. So I think, it's, yes. I think it's going to be just fine. I really feel like there will be some stuff that comes up, but that's the point. And that's what the author has even said in this book that it potentially might come up. So if we're feeling it, then I'm guessing that our listeners are feeling it as well. So we can do it together, everyone. We can. Now it's time for some listener feedback. Every week we ask you to play along with us and we are so excited that some of you are and we're extra excited that some of you are telling us about it. So this week I got a text from my friend and listener of the podcast, Will. He said, another good podcast, Peggy. I took your advice and deleted a bunch of apps slash games from my phone and relocated others. Already twice today, I've opened my phone to play a game when I was waiting in line. And instead, I responded to an email that I had been neglecting. Keep up the good work. So that's awesome. I love to hear that. That's very, very nice. Definitely. Um, And I will say too, my friend Sarah, she has been so great about telling me ongoing how this has been part of her uh, exercise routine that she's trying to keep up is listening to our podcast. Uh, Fantastic. That's great. Yeah. She sends me cute little screenshots of her at the gym with listening to the podcast. Perfect. All right. So that said, we are always so glad to hear what you think about the podcast. And we are very curious to hear how you're doing when it comes to our monthly habit challenges. Send us an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com or come say hi on the socials. Even though we'll be on our phones less, you can still find Peggy on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone, and I'm on Twitter at jkouse. You can also get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. And now it is time for What Are You Digging Lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found and we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving that we find useful or practical or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So for me this week, I'm digging the beginning of snowboard season. So John and I were at opening day this past week for our local ski hill and it felt great to get on the hill again and we're looking forward to more snow fun to come. Um, Before we did this regularly in our lives, I was always a a bit of a downer in the winter. I just felt ugh, and I didn't like winter and I wanted it to be over. But because I love snowboarding so much, uh, it not only gives me something to look forward to in winter, but it's a way to get outside, get some fresh air and spend some quality time with John. 
And um, especially when we're thinking about what's happening with our challenge this month, it's a way to get away from my phone. So that's cool. Right on. And I mean, now that I've gone skiing once last year, I'm hoping that you and I'll be able to go to the hill together. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now I'm super outdoorsy. So see you at the slopes. <laughs> I'm looking there. forward to that. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you digging this week? Okay, so I am digging the Baroness Von Sketch show. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I have. It's okay. funny. So this is a show, for those who don't know, um, this is a show on the CBC, and this has been my latest screen time indulgence that I enjoy while I am walking on the treadmill. Uh, this show is a Canadian sketch comedy show, and it's a cast of all brilliant women, and I just love it. One of my favorite ones that had me literally laughing out loud alone in the basement on the treadmill was a sketch called Fitbit. And I'll give you the link to this one, Peg, so okay. that if people want to see it, they can. And so there's all these women, their colleagues, uh, presumably, and they're at the park eating lunch. And the one kind of looks at her wrist and says, oh, I've got to get back to the office. Do you want to go with me? I need to get my, she's looking at her Fitbit. And she says, you know, I've got to get my steps in. So I'm going to run up and down the stairs. And, you know, and then the other one can't because, you know, she actually hers is telling her that she hasn't slept enough. So she needs to use the remainder of her lunch hour to take a nap. And they keep going around this group of women and they it, it gets <laughs> sillier and sillier. Have you seen this one? No, I got to watch oh, it. So it gets sillier and sillier um, about what the thing and I can't get into it because some of it's a little R rated um, about what the what their Fitbits or these other names that they have for it are telling them to do. <laughs> and then it finally gets to the last woman and they say, Oh, how about you? You know, she's trying to get this girl to go walk with her. And she says, what's your, how's, how's yours, you know, your steps or whatever. And the woman like looks at her wrist and she goes, Oh, this is just a watch. I do whatever I want. <laughs> and it was hilarious because they're all talking about how, you know, they're obligated to this device to make sure that they're meeting their goals. And, and this woman is just so relaxed and she's, and, and when I say she says, I do whatever I want, there was another word in there yeah. that makes it especially funny. Um, but please check out this skit because it is hilarious. And it really kind of makes you think about this little relationship that we have going with technology. And it made me think about the whole habits thing, too. And when we incorporate them with technology and how you can I know for me, I start to feel like a bit of a slave to it. So I I can't recommend this enough. It's such a good show. Oh, awesome. And it fits in so nicely with our week. I it kind of did, didn't it? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a good show. I love it. And because it's Canadian, I love it even more. It's great. All right. Now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. All right, so this week I'm up for the win and uh, we're in the hustle bustle of getting uh, finishing getting ready for the holidays. And oh, yeah. today John and I were out doing some Christmas shopping and I often feel anxious and sensitive and I get a little crazy just because of all the people and the craziness and sort of the obligation of having to do these things and uh, that's sort of always been my default to be that way when it comes to this kind of thing and so today when we're on our way to go shopping I just looked at John and I said you know what I've decided that I'm just not going to be anxious I'm just going to be a badass <laughs> and he goes I love it and he looked at me and he smiled and he was like okay I like this 
So then when we walked into the store, we were just like, all right, I'm good. I'm having a good time. And it was just good. And then we did have one moment where uh, I was getting a little bit like coming into my default. And he just looked at me, at me and he's like, Peg, remember, you're a badass. And I was like, right, that's right. I'm totally a badass. <laughs> and then I, I was. It. There's something amazing about deciding what your mindset is going to be. And then just that's your new default. So there was something powerful about this for me today. And I actually enjoyed the Christmas shopping, which is not not really what would happen to me in the past. So I, fe- I feel like that's a win. Well played. Well, my learn is the opposite of your win, which checks out. And my learn this week was around what I will call holiday burnout. And I've been in the thick of preparing for the holidays. And now I realize that I was overly ambitious with my holiday related efforts this year. I am not someone who is super into Christmas. I'll say it that way. Um, But I'm really trying to make... Uh, Christmas memorable and enjoyable for my son. And I think perhaps I've done so at the expense of my sanity from writing and mailing cards to handmade gifts for family from my son, gingerbread houses, baking five different kinds of cookies, including these pretzel reindeer things, handmade ornaments, et cetera, et cetera. I think I have only amplified my reason to not enjoy the holidays. So my goal next year will be to cut back on the work and turn the focus up on relaxation and time together. Um, I, that's, I'm not hosting anything this year. And that's actually the one thing I really like to do. So I'd like to focus more on that and less on the stuff. So maybe just make one kind of cookies next year. And, you know, I noticed this weekend I finished up my holiday kind of preparations. I got everything checked off on that huge list that I wanted to do. And I noticed that as soon as I kind of got it all done, I felt like a, you know, like on a cartoon or something when a robot shuts off. Yeah. That's how I felt. And I just went into this kind of like, I just felt so tired. And I realized I'd just been go, go, go trying to do all of these things. And now I kind of feel like garbage. And and you wonder what your kid will actually remember of all of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that what you're describing is probably something that a lot of moms in particular, maybe dads too, but oftentimes it's moms that are running the show around the household to get ready for Christmas. So that overwhelm, I think, is pretty common. So I hope that uh, we can send out some good energy and and love to all those people who are in that holiday overwhelm right now. And hopefully that can get them through the holidays and and make sure that it's like lovely time spent with family and relaxing and less of the crazy. Yes. I had a very funny conversation with my son about what Christmas means. And as I'm like in the middle of wrapping paper and all this stuff, and then I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I've kind of got it wrong right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, we're, we're still having a great time. We're doing all the things, but I just know that for me, it could be better. And I know I put a lot of pressure on myself to make it awesome for him. Yeah. And I think, I know, I think back to when I was a kid, there's probably a lot of that stuff that I don't remember and they remember the little things. So maybe do fewer things, but be more present as I do them. Okay, cool. I think that's, that's good advice. Yeah. And now you can I, relax. You're done with your list. So you can just chill it's out. feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. So let's talk about next week. 
So last week we mentioned that last year at this time, Peggy and I took some time in December to plan out our 18 for 2018 inspired by Gretchen Rubin's list. And these were a list of things that we wanted to accomplish this year. We're going to do a similar exercise for 2019 by making a list of 19 for 2019. And we hope that you're going to play along with us. It's awesome. Peg, how did your 18 for 18 go? Uh, well, first of all, if people want to check out my 18 for 18, I'll put it in the show notes. I also have a blog post that I did when I first put this list together at the beginning of the year. So I'll include that in the show notes. Um, and then I'll also start by thanking you for letting me know that Gretchen Rubin's sister did very poorly at this exercise and she only got maybe one out of her 18 things done. So you know me so well that it made me feel better that somebody did worse than me on this. And I loved her justification for it as well. It was hilarious listening. This was on a recent episode of Gretchen's podcast with her sister. And they were talking about their list. And, you know, she's going through it item by item. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) But they had a TV pilot that got picked up. Yeah, she had a crazy life. so she, it just kind of all went out the window. But the funniest part was it all went out the window. But there was also a lot of things on there that were pretty small. That could have probably in theory been done, but it was clear. She's like, no, nope, couldn't do it. <laughs> she is a riot. I really yeah, she is her. good. That, yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, yeah. At any rate, my uh, list, I did make a pretty good dent in it. I definitely didn't complete them all. There were some things on my list that I did only because they were on the list. So I felt like that was a win because I wouldn't have done cool. them otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so um, the biggest win was that um, I wanted to re-engage with the online world and reconnect with readers through my blog and now re- listeners through this podcast. So uh, I'm very excited that with your help, I've been consistent with this process for 26 weeks in a row. A row. You and yes. I have been doing this for 26 weeks in a row, and that's not usually my forte to be so consistent. So, uh, cool. so that's cool. And then the other highlights were finishing decorating our bedroom, learning to drink black coffee, uh, taking a first aid course and hiring a cleaner for our house. So those were things. I completed seven out of the 18 and out of the remaining 11, six more were partially done at least. Hmm. So overall, not too bad. So six plus plus seven, that's 13 out of 18, sort of done. So moving forward into my list for 2019, the one thing that I'll take from now looking back on this process is that I'll make my goals more specific so that it's clear what needs to be done. And then uh, because sometimes it was sort of arbitrary and like it was this big, like I want to do this, but it didn't really add the specifics of what it was supposed to be. And then I was also guilty uh, in 2018 list of making things too big. So in some cases, the Ah. goal seemed overwhelming and then it didn't get done. So I will make each of the goals a smaller step on the way to the big goal, which will get me progressing in the right direction. Great idea. So um, I'm pretty pleased with how it went. And I'm hoping that in 2019, I can like check every single one of the things off the list. I have no doubt that you will. Well, thank you. Now, Jenny, our listeners know you as my much more disciplined friend. (laughs) So let us know. How did this task go for you in 2018? I feel a little bit of pressure now, but I just (laughs) firstly want to say congratulations on really nailing your list. That's awesome, Peg. And I'm glad that I got to witness you crushing those goals. So well done. Oh, thanks, girl. Okay. As for me, I can report that I did get 16 out of my 18 done. Amazing. But I will say also, much like Gretchen, when they were talking about their list, They make lists differently and Gretchen makes her list of things that she's pretty sure she can get done. 
So maybe mine was a little bit lower hanging fruit, perhaps, um, that I, maybe I set goals that were more attainable and easier for me to check off because I know that I will want to be able to get them done. So I will say that, that maybe we have a little bit of that at play as well. Okay. That's Um, fair. But uh, some of my highlights for the year uh, that I got done off my 18 for 2018 list were attending two months worth of weekly Toastmasters meetings. So I attended eight meetings um, and spoke at every meeting, I think. Um, I celebrated, oh, and for those who don't know uh, what Toastmasters is, it is a group uh, that meets to work on your public speaking skills. So you get up and speak in front of a group. They offer you suggestions for improvement. It's amazing. I've talked about it on earlier podcasts. If you don't know about Toastmasters and you're interested, please check it out. It's phenomenal. Um, Also, another highlight for me was celebrating my 10th wedding anniversary slash 20th dating anniversary with Jeff in a fun way. And I mentioned that was we went skiing and that was something we hadn't done since we were, uh, well, probably 20 years ago. (laughs) So that was awesome. We also took a trip out to Vancouver to see my friend Melissa and her family. We did monthly dinners together, Jeff and I, without Ethan. Um, Also, I got a proper headshot done and I cleaned up my LinkedIn profile. That was a good accomplishment. That felt great. Uh, got a handle on my monthly investment contributions, which is something that I wanted to look at and make sure that I was addressing properly. Um, and I set it that I set that up to be automated, so I can just kind of forget about it. Um, awesome. And I finished up my marketing uh, program that I was working on, uh, and I celebrated that. That was a big achievement that, was huge. that took You've been me a couple on that for years. A few years. Yeah. Yeah. And that felt great. I've been taking a course at a time and spending my evenings and weekends working away on that. And that feels good to have that done. I'm so happy to have that finished up. And I definitely worked really hard to dwell on that and really appreciate how good it felt to get that done. A couple of mine um, that were on my list. So one of them was join a mastermind group with uh, other women. Um, However, I didn't do that but you and I started this podcast and that accomplished the same goal that I had for that mastermind group. So I'm, I'm calling that one a win because this is really doing for me what I hoped the mastermind group would. So I got the outcome. I just got there a different way. Um, and also I wanted to go to three beaches this summer, but I ended up only going to two. In my defense, I did go to one of them multiple, multiple times, and I did jump in the lake fully clothed, so I'm calling that a win um, (laughs) because I feel like I really soaked up the enjoyment of that one beach enough for two beaches. I also really wanted to read three fiction novels, and I just didn't do it, and I just I can't help but read nonfiction, so I didn't feel motivated to complete this one. I don't know why I had that goal. I think I just... I wanted to waste, or not waste time, but I just wanted to enjoy reading a book without having a goal or an outcome, but I just couldn't do it. Couldn't bring myself to do it. And then the last one that I didn't do, so I didn't read the books, just straight up didn't do it. And the other one I didn't do was uh, book a trip to Las Vegas to see the Lady Gaga residency concerts. So, and my excuse is there are far fewer dates than I assumed there would be. 
and the ticket prices are hilariously high. So that's giving me a bit of a pause, but I'm still not totally giving up on this because you know I loves me some Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, you'll get to see her for sure. Do you want to go? Yeah, I definitely want to go. We should let me let that maybe that'll light a fire under me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Could cool. be a fun little adventure for us. That's right. Our poor husbands. Um, so next week, Peggy and I are going to give you guys some of the highlights of what we have on our 19 for 2019 list. We hope that you'll take some time to make your list of things you want to accomplish in 2019 as well. Also, next week, we'll be checking in to see how our trial separation from our phones went. Ugh, nervous about it already. We hope that you give it a go and let us know how it went for you. All right, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you will be participating in the 24-hour trial separation from your phone and how you are preparing. Also, get going on your list of 19 things that you want to accomplish in 2019. Email us or send us a voice memo at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Are you enjoying and getting value from this podcast? If so, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. Then head over to iTunes and rate and review us and subscribe if you haven't already. It will not only make us feel great that you took the time to do it, but it really does help other people to find the podcast so that we can help as many people as possible to create new habits. We would love to connect on the socials. I'm on Twitter at Jake House and Peggy is on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. It's a nice way to look back on the year and feel good about it. Because if you don't have something tangible like that to look at as a guidepost, you can very quickly go, yeah, it was a shit year. And then you just automatically look through it at that filter. Mm -hmm. But it's so cool. Like now I look at it and I'm like, how do you go about this without goals? What are you doing with your life? How do you know if you're going to get a gold star? How do you know if you've done anything in this life? <laughs> get your goals on paper. Get them done. Sort yourself out. <laughs> get after it. All right.